And the entire class started laughing at me, right? And I, I remember so vividly looking back at my teacher to see if she could like get them to stop laughing or something. And she was laughing at me too. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Scott Stevens, and today I have a wonderful guest host with me. Edgar, nice to meet you guys. And we today are going to touch various topics, but kind of centered around code switching. Yeah, code switching. So we were just talking about this, but basically the phenomenon of uh, adjusting one's behavior to fit basically into the greater spectrum of society, right? For sure. So code switching in general, um, it kind of can work into many different groups of people. Let's kind of say that first, you know, code switching, it was originated in linguistics, um, but also now kind of comes into other cultures. Uh, We've got American black culture, we've got Latinos, we've got gay culture. Uh, everyone does some form of code switching. Everybody. Everyone. Um, when have you ever done it? Um, I think, I mean, I think you hit on a couple of them, right? I, I, being Latino in this country, I think you do it all the time to, again, fit into society. So I know that growing up, especially going into school where, you know, everybody else spoke English and I didn't, right? Sure. Also growing up with like Mexican culture at home, but then kind of having to flip the switch when you go to school so that you can fit in with the rest of the kids, right? Yeah. And again, growing up, I think I just noticed it in everything that I do. I think we all do it in every aspect of our lives. And now, you know, being an adult, you know, gay male, we do it all the time too as a gay man in our community, I think. Well, right? It's like that added element now, right? You've got your culture that you had growing up and now as a gay man, that's like the, another second element on top of that. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, again, right, and we say it all the time, but gay culture is a thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I'm kind of you know, the odd one out because I don't really relate to any of that stuff. But, you know, I still find myself sometimes in situations where I kind of want to fit in. So I find myself kind of, you know, playing into it a little bit to just, you know, go along with the crowd. Hold on, backtrack. You're telling me that you didn't grow up playing share on repeat. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, referencing back to my to my childhood, right? I grew up Mexican, like in a Mexican household, like Spanish all the time, Spanish music, Spanish TV, like everything was, you know, super Mexican. And so I feel like, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of the things that other gay men listened to when they were younger. For sure. So growing up for you then, because that's interesting for me, mm-hmm. um, and I would love to know more of that experience for you. Yeah. Growing up in a Spanish household, what was that experience then when you did enter school? Like what was that switch for you? What did you have to do or what do you uh, look back and now recognize? It was tough. Let me tell you, because of the timing of when I came back to the U.S., it was really late in the school year. So they had to just put me into 
any school that was, you know, currently taking students. And so they enrolled me uh, and I got placed into a class that was all English. There was no more space in like, you know, bilingual classes. But man, kids can be cruel at that age. Like kids can bully you. And, you know, even I want to say maybe through the years, even when I was in eighth grade, I remember, I'll never forget this. This is going to be engraved in my memory forever. We had a social studies teacher who would have us like recite um, our research basically about, you know, topics that were going on in the world. But I remember that part of my speech had the word Catholic in it. Hmm. Now, again, right, coming from Spanish, where a lot of the stuff that you write sounds exactly how you read it, right? So it's different from English because English, you can read a word and it's completely different the way you pronounce it. But I said Catholic instead of Catholic, right? And the entire class started laughing at me, right? And I, I remember so vividly looking back at my teacher to see if she could, like, get them to stop laughing or something. And she was laughing at me, too. Ew. Yes. So, it, it completely scarred me. So, after that, I, you know, swore to myself to, like, get my pronunciation and the way I, you know, I spoke down to the T so that I wouldn't get made fun of again. Um, but yeah, like that, I, that's one of my core memories of like, you know, learning to speak the language because I felt so ostracized by the rest of my class. Isn't that so crazy? It's, I mean, it's sad, you know, and it's sad because I feel like it's something that's so common. Ugh. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough memory, but you know what? I, I learned from it, you know, I think, you know, for, for years, I think I used to think about that and it used to like push me to pick up the culture and pick up the language and, you know, just try to fit in. But I think over the years, I've actually used that memory to do the opposite mm -hmm. and remember that I do come from a very different background and that that's special. In our community, there's not, you know, a lot of gay men who speak Spanish um, or at least it's hard to find. And so I think when you find some of those people, it's like super cool because you get to share some of that same culture. Even when you switch over to just like Spanish gay culture, it's completely different. Yeah. We're talking about different artists. We're talking about like, you know, we also have our icons, right, too. But girls, ladies, women that we grew up with on TV. Yeah. And so it's really cool to see that side of it, too. But I think coming from different backgrounds here in the U.S., you can have some really like tough memories to look back at. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's interesting you saying how you now respond as an adult compared to a child. You know, as a child, there was like the embarrassment behind it but now obviously as an adult we come into our own and we're like no this is fucking me this is who i am this is part of my identity yeah. like fuck you which is so interesting because in a similar sense obviously not a completely different language but me coming over to america as an adult there were things that i say that were in the very beginning other Americans would laugh at or correct me, which was really strange. But as an adult, my immediate response was, um, fuck you. I'm from the motherland. I speak English. So let's, let's not correct me. Yeah. But yeah, some were the words. I, I remember once I turned around and said, whilst instead of while. And someone was like, whilst? I was like, yeah, it means while and they're like that's not a word i'm like mm, it's a fucking word bitch. Yeah. don't come for me and tell me how to speak no thank you i find it i find it weird in general when anyone corrects anyone i was gonna say that yeah i i understand the not knowing or understanding something 
But to go beyond that and correct somebody, it's kind of like, if you don't know to begin with, you probably shouldn't be correcting somebody. Yeah, if someone <laughs> speaks a different language or someone's from a different place, like we, like people say things differently. So for you to like step in and correct someone, like, honey, you look dumb, not them. Because <laughs> now I'm going to prove you wrong for sure. And I'm going to make you look like an idiot. Yeah. Um, so going back now as an adult for you then what type of you've come into your own you like fully embrace everything who you are how does that kind of refer now then into you code switching that's a good question um you know i feel like i've i feel like over the years i do it less and less now right um i think there's still sometimes a need to fit in i think everybody gets that no matter where you are right um but i think over the years the fact that i'm so comfortable with where i come from and who i am as a person i've started to do it less and less now um i'll you know i speak spanish whenever somebody speaks spanish to me um but i think you know i think if i do it anywhere it's probably still in the gay culture a little bit and i think again right it's it's it's, i think it's that need to try and fit in with the rest of the crowd um but when it comes to my culture which is you know that mexican piece i i don't think that i really switch that anymore so we know as a culture in america it's fucking racist right 100 percent code switching uh i know and i've heard for say black americans that it was to feel safer within an environment has that ever for yourself or do you know with obviously the latino uh culture is is that a thing as well for you yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, so, you know, looking back, especially with, um, you know, friends, um, even family members or even stories that I've heard through through others, um, there's times where, you know, some of us, uh, you know, didn't speak Spanish in certain public areas because of the fear of like being, you know, targeted. Um and, you know, I think it's it's sad, but it's it unfortunately it's the reality in this country, right? Like I Yes, it's cool to be different, but it doesn't take away the fact that there are still communities in this country that are targeted by others, right? right. And so even going back to gay culture, right? Like I, I have in certain scenarios, um, what's the best way to put this? Um, made myself come off as a little more masculine in certain uh, scenarios in certain neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. Just to avoid, you know, getting in any kind of trouble. Um, and even... You know, even going beyond that, I've found myself making myself a little more masculine in family settings because oh, I absolutely. don't want to be picked on by certain family, you know, um, members like uncles. There's so much toxic masculinity in Mexican families, but especially around, I think, the uncle piece. Right? Oh, absolutely. Looking back to when I was a teenager in like 15, 16, right? Obviously, I wasn't out. I was even, I don't even know that I, I fully understood yet that I was gay at that, at that point in my life. I think I was still figuring that out. But I definitely plumped myself up a little bit to make sure that my uncles weren't picking on me. Because they're just so, you know, it's so ingrained in the culture of like, you know, don't be feminine, uh, be masculine. Men do this, men don't do that, right? And so I think you code switch around your family to make sure that you're not the one that they're picking on. So so we know code switching in general was coined in 1950s uh, 
as a way to move through language. But like you said, code switching broadens out into so many different areas. And yes, being safe within uh, different cultures, especially if you are a person of color, but gay culture, like you said and touched on, you have to feel safe in that environment as well. And I feel like we as gay people do code switch a lot just to make sure that we're not you know, targeted or uh, demonized by someone. Uh, I would say that was my biggest form of, say, code switching growing up was that exact thing, what you said with like uncles. My dad was one of seven brothers and three sisters. And there was what you said, that toxic masculinity where there was the homophobic jokes and this, that, and the other. And you know, as like a little gay boy that you're slightly different and you're hearing all of this. Yeah. I had to puff up my chest all the time. Bitch, we met in rugby. Like (laughs) I was pushed into rugby because that was a man's sport, you know, like, and I, I, I love that. I enjoy rugby and play rugby. And I, I, I love that my dad threw me into it as a kid. I wish he threw me into dancing, but I, I, I played rugby and that is what it is. But yeah, like code switching in general is exhausting it because is. I would be out and about, you know, having this different persona on just so I wouldn't be targeted as a faggot or like, oh, look at that gay boy or look at the way he's standing or this, that and the other. I just didn't want any type of words to come my way. But as soon as I got home and I shut the door to my bedroom, I was like, (sighs) you know, like I can be just myself and relax in my own space for a second. And yeah, people don't understand that. Uh, people who need to do that, no matter what culture or, or uh, minority that you're from, it's fucking exhausting. It is, which I think, you know, looking back, I think that may be one of the reasons why I always found it so exhausting and draining to like go to family parties or family events. Um, or even now, you know, in certain scenarios, like where I, again, I have to kind of code switch and, and hide a little bit about who I am, right? I mean, I shouldn't have to, but we still do, right? And I think that drains you. I always got the comment growing up, oh, we we still love you, Scott, or we love you because you're not gay gay. And it was always like, well, I am gay gay. Just obviously around you guys, I'm not queening out and I'm not being super flamboyant. And I was trying to explain to my parents that sometimes coming out as gay is such a liberating feeling because you don't now have to hide. And I think that's at times why I move so far away because I didn't have to deal with going back and forth to family and feeling like that exhausting element of being at family parties or gatherings and having to be slightly different to how I authentically choose and want to be. Yeah, It's tiring. It's exhausting. I don't think uh, parents or people outside of gay culture or maybe any culture again that's do some type of code switching understand that at all i agree i got a question for you um i don't know if it's correct or not but as a bi man in relation to what we're talking about is there switching in between that or are you do you feel like there's slight differences when you date a girl to how you date a guy or is there, is there any type of switching or is it just all you and there's like, 
I guess I'm saying, is that any type of exhaustion there? Oh, it is. Absolutely. And I think that's something that I'm actually still figuring out because um, I think there's definitely a huge switch when you date a woman uh, as opposed to a male, right? Or a man um, when being bi. And that's because a lot of, again, right, when you're looking at a hetero uh, relationship. There's so many other expectations that come with that. Right. And when dating a woman, right, like there's the whole, you know, the man brings in the money or he, he takes care of the girl, you know, and stuff like that. And so I feel like it changes the dynamic of what it is like to date a woman. Mm. I kind of have to, again, think of like, okay, well, what does a man quote unquote do? Right. Mm. And it's really hard. And so I feel like that's one of the reasons that I've kind of stayed away from dating women lately. It's just, it's exhausting in a way, because I feel like I'm so used to being free, being myself and having no society expectations about how I'm supposed to be when I'm dating men. And now switching over to dating women, it, I, I kind of have to fall back into those society expectations. Because yeah. there's tradition within cultures. So, you and, know. I, and it goes back to the whole masculinity thing too, right? I think a lot of women and, and men in the Mexican community really harp on the man being the provider and the man, you know, being masculine and, you know, man doesn't cry. Like that's still very much seated in our culture. And I think when you go back into dating women, a lot of that stuff comes back up and it's hard because, you know, as a, as a bi man, and even, you know, I think just where I am now as a, as a male is I, I don't, really care for what people want me to be or who they want me to be. I'm just me. And so I think sometimes, you know, there are going to be times where I'm more feminine. I mean, I will cry for any like animal rescue video that I watch on my TikTok, right? <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I can't see myself doing that with like dating a, a woman where they like frown upon me being the, even the slightest feminine. Which is so crazy. Absolutely. And there are women out there that obviously do love a man who is in touch with his emotions and feminine side. There are those women out there, but it's hard to find find and it is few and far between. Um, But again, that just comes with societal pressures, like you said, and the social standards of how things should be between man, woman. I will say I've I've encountered um, a handful of bi women. And those are great interactions. Um, yeah, they're super fun. Um, I've only really met by women, though, that are in relationships already. And so obviously, I've never explored um, the dating piece of dating a, a bi woman. But um, I think the interactions are, or the dynamics of that like interaction are so different from like, you know, a hetero um, situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I think things are changing slowly. But I think very much our culture, at least the Mexican culture, is still very, you know, seated in that masculinity piece. It's it's just, I th- yeah. it's such a big piece of the community. And I, I think it's going to take a few generations of us to, like, kind of get away from that. Yeah. Have you had any cringeworthy experiences in terms of code switching within gay culture or, or job experiences or Latino con- uh, culture? Oh, well, I have a cringe um worthy experience. I don't know that it's necessarily was on my end. Um, but obviously I think in the workplace, right. A lot of us code switch because it's just, it's, it's again, right. There's a lot of answering questions. You become that like, you know, gay token at work. Um, and I think that's kind of what happened to me. So I think once I came out at work, that was kind of the topic that everybody wanted to discuss with me at all times. And, um, I remember once, um, 
we have these things called stand-ups at work, you know, and we're all like hanging around just talking about the day, what we're going to do. Um, and somebody brought up the fact that I had finally came out and it was kind of like a, a cheering moment in a way. But to me, it was so cringy because I was like, why are we talking about yeah, this? Yeah, it's super cringy. And it just made me not want to, again, be... I guess my authentic self at work. So I kind of reverted back to like code switching at work where like, if you don't need to know, you won't know. And I think it's a little easier now that I work remotely, right? Because you're not interacting with people all the time. But yeah, I, I, I honestly don't think that a lot of the people that I work with right now know that I'm gay. Yeah. Well, it's the thing you don't go into work if you are heterosexual and straight and say, hey, just so you know, I'm straight. And I always found that as well, because working in the wellness industry and in skincare and things like that, it is more of a female dominated industry. And then I would come in and I knew the women were always whispering, no matter what job I worked in. It was like, is he gay? Is he not gay? And again, it wasn't like I was trying to like switch up my masculinity at all. It was me being authentically who I am. Yeah, exactly. But also, I'm not going to speak about it because it's none of your business. But the literal difference when they did find out or, you know, they they sat me down at lunch and they're like, so got a partner or, you know, got a girlfriend and they're like kind of fishing. And I'm like, yeah, I have a boyfriend. And they're like, oh, cool. And like the complete like switch. And now all of a sudden you're sitting on my lap. Now we're hugging. I'm just like, oh God, like that's why I don't also sometimes in a work environment, like you said, I'm glad I work for myself now and I don't have to deal with the uh, kind of a workplace. But that type of switch that women have all of a sudden like which is cute because now they can be comfortable in a sense around me and it's nicer for them maybe but there is that aspect of okay now I'm the the gay guy at work you know and there's all those perceived notions of now how I should be now I'm a gay guy absolutely which is again every gay man bi man pansexual man like we're all different absolutely and and, and i think that brings back to because i've been in a few scenarios now at work too where there's other gay men at at work right and i think um they also you know find out you're gay and then it just becomes like this thing where it's like oh now we have something to relate about which i agree to an extent there is right but i've had other gay men that i work with have really inappropriate conversations at work where i'm like why are we talking about this right now? You know? And it's like super like uncomfortable because I'm like, I don't think we should be talking about this at work. And also I'm your manager. You shouldn't be talking about that with me. I've been in the same experience. A gay man at work again, uh, in the skincare industry world. And he was very feminine, but as soon as he found out I was gay, it was like, we could kiki. And I was like, I'm not on that level of like kiki and like that, especially at work. I just have a different way about me being at work. Um, but yeah, super interesting. I've experienced the exact same thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not doing that. Or again, that's inappropriate. And Absolutely. that's also just not what I want to be like or how I want to present myself or exactly. how I am in general. In a professional setting, yeah. especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know the last thing I want is to have others find out that we were having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not okay with that. Well, cause professionalism kind of the, the lines get blurred a little when there's, that's why I genuinely never really created friendships at work because I never liked the lines to be blurred. And then again, when a female coworker knows you're gay or bi or whatever, um, it, there seems to be that kind of merging, yeah. which I, I, I don't, 
like. Plus, I think, and this is a whole other topic that can go on for hours, but I think, I think also our community, especially gay men, have a very, very hard time with boundaries. Oh, yeah. And I think, I mean, I've, I've had a very hard time setting boundaries with certain gay men and getting lashed back for just wanting to put those boundaries down because it's just not something that's very common in our community. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, again, going back to work where it's like, hey, this, we're at work right? We shouldn't be talking about this. And I kind of got like a a little bit of a negative reaction, but it's like, again, you, there are boundaries to things, you know, just because we are, you know, have a common ground in in one small thing doesn't mean that all boundaries go away. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Those are still there. Yeah. We're still at work, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, okay. Rounding this up. At cool. the end of the day, love yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Stop code switching. Stop code switching. Just be authentically who you are. And, and that's easier said than done, I understand. Especially when, you know, like we said earlier, you have to feel safer yeah. at times, uh, depending on what uh, culture and minority that you're kind yeah. of working within. But just love yourself. And I think, you know, make it easier for others too. You know, be accepting and be loving of others. If they're different, love them for who they are. And I think that'll make it easier for them to stop code switching. Honestly, uh, especially if you are in a minority, then you should definitely be um, respecting and loving on other minority groups. Exactly. I've said it once and I said, I'll say it a million more times. Love the differences. Oh, that's what makes everyone unique exactly awesome well thanks for doing this with me yeah, thanks for having me it's this been really fun. fun yeah it's been awesome cool. i enjoyed it all right guys uh thanks for listening and we will see you on the next episode next week bye bye